1: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 26, 2020. My name is Philip rossman Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to discuss some news trickling out of the NBA. Nothing too crazy. I know I'm recording this here at about 12.30 on Monday afternoon. Nothing too crazy. We're going to talk about the news about when the NBA season will start, what the NBA season might look like and how that could affect the Orlando Magic. We'll talk about all that coming up in just a moment as these proposals uh, get, get into the nitty-gritty. These proposals get into crunch time as the league has to set its calendar pretty soon to get ready for the next season. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Search great way to download podcasts for Locked and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only expect from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on any team in the NBA? How about the lowdown on the Tampa Bay Rays as they get set for a critical, well, every game six is quarter, but a critical game six in the World Series. You can check out Locked On Rays. We also got Locked On Bucks recapping the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' big win over the Las Vegas Raiders. No matter what your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College too, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code locked On for 20% off your next order. The great mystery in the NBA today is when will the 2021 season start? We saw that the NBA had to dramatically shift its calendar, just completing the longest season in NBA history, more than a full calendar year from the opening of the season until a champion was crowned thanks to the global pandemic. The going thought around the league was that the NBA was going to try and hold out as long as they could, to get fans in the stadiums, hopefully, hoping that the virus turns, which it clearly isn't right now, and hoping that they can, you know, follow the lead of the NFL and, and some of the other le- and MLS and some of the other leagues that have started back up, that are having select fans in the stadiums. Of course, the difference between the NBA and MLB and and NFL and MLS is the NBA plays indoors, and and it's much more dangerous to have fans an indoor stadium than than otherwise, most people thought that the league would be trying for a January start. Perhaps they, they, there was some thought that the, the NBA would try to do a full eighty-two game season. There was, you know, certainly some thought that perhaps the Olympics would be out. Um, as, as Evan Fournier uh, joked, I believe, online one time. Uh, he's just uh, he, he's just never going to play in the Olympics, is he? Um, dude, we want Evan Fournier to be in the, Olymp- the Olympics. We love FIBA Fournier, um, but but the NBA was going to try and get its full season in and certainly try to get it done before football starts, which very clearly affected NBA television ratings um, and created some hand-wringing, some of it honest, some of it dishonest, about the NBA's financial position. To be sure, the NBA lost money this season. Uh, By some reports, uh, more than a billion dollars of lost revenue and playing in the bubble Yes, we all. Yes, everyone said we wanted to crown a champion. We were so close to the finish line of the regular season that we just wanted to see uh, the season play out. But the real honesty, the real honest answer is the NBA needed to finish the season so they could recoup at least some of the money that they lost from China at the beginning of the season, uh, from China taking their games off TV, which by the end of the by the which, in a weird stroke of luck. China kind of lifted its ban on the NBA about uh, almost a year after the the Hong Kong incident with Daryl Morey happened, uh, and played the final two games of the NBA Finals anyway. So I, I think I think I think I, my takeaway on that is uh, in a game of chicken, China blinked. The NBA made China blink. Good job, everybody. Um, a lot of money was still lost, and certainly the pandemic and losing uh, losing revenue from from fans hurt hurt the league too. Not finishing a full 82 game season hurt the league. Um, having to play in the summer, I think the NBA has ex- wanted to experiment with pushing the calendar back. That didn't go as well as planned, I think. And some of that might have to do with just the rush of sporting events that all happened at the same time. So everyone's attention was was divided. Um, I, I certainly think that the NBA probably would think to themselves, you know, we do own July with our free agency, but maybe what we should do instead is is push our finals back a little bit? Maybe have plan to have the finals end around July fourth, uh, and, and see if we can invade in baseball space. Because certainly baseball, not as uh, as strong a position financially as the NBA. So you know maybe that's the ultimate conclusion the NBA makes out of this, and that's how the calendar shifts and changes a little bit. But the going thought was the NBA would be trying for a Martin Luther King Day start. That would give players time to recover from the end of the finals. That would give the league time to kind of reset itself, get on balance, hope for the the possibility of fans in the stadiums, uh, and then a chance to complete their 2021 season with the eye of getting back on an October to June calendar by 2022. Throw a lot of those plans out the window because the NBA is going to be a little bit more aggressive. Reports came out over the weekend, uh, or Friday, or certainly after we recorded here, uh, reports came out over the weekend that the NBA... Was, is considering a December 22nd start to the NBA season with a 70-72 to 72 game season followed by a full playoffs with the hope of being done in time for NBA players to participate in the Olympics. Assuming the Olympics happen, which personally I am very doubtful that the Olympics happen in 2021 and Tokyo is probably going to have to sit on that money and sit on all those facilities uh, for another four years before we're able to gather the world together for the Olympic Games. The hope of... For the NBA, is that they can do this, fulfill all their television contracts, which typically require 70 to 72 games, plus get in a full playoffs before the NFL starts and early enough that the NBA, that in, you know, by mid July perhaps, so that the NBA can get back to its regular league calendar by 2022. This is huge news, obviously. And part of me thinks that this is the owners leaking something out there to try and get the players to. To agree to something that they might not otherwise agree, get everyone excited for the NBA again. You know, certainly the the, the report. I think that the NBA lost a, a you know billion dollars is a negotiating tactic of a sort too. Um, you know, I'll, you, with these negotiations, sometimes you do got to take some things with a grain of salt. Uh, and I, I I think that there is a lot of posturing going on. And, and I think certainly the players, you know, I, I think the working relationship between the players and the play the players and the owners. Uh, or managers, I should say, or board of governors, um, is pretty good. Um, you know, I don't think that these games necessarily need to be played through the media. Um, and, and I think that if the, the board of governors lay out, okay, this is the revenue that we could lose, this is the revenue we could generate, they've been pretty upfront, and I think there's a really good relationship between the two sides. And, and I think that there's a very real poss- possibility that we will see basketball again in mid-December, or in late December. This is This is obviously good news, because I think... The big thing that a lot of players have been complaining about, I know Steve Clifford has said it on several occasions um, when he's talked to the media over the offseason, is right now, players just don't have a lot of answers. They don't know when they need to be peaking, they don't know where they need to be as far as you know being in game shape and being ready for training camp shape. You know, tip you know, Clifford said, you know, typically players come into town for training camp, uh by Labor Day. Labor Day is kind of the big day that, that, that's the turn toward the NBA season. Uh, and they have their mini camps and they have all that stuff, but players know where they have to have their bodies and where they have to have their conditioning for all these events. You know, yes, you're training on your own, you're doing your strength training, you're doing all this other stuff, but getting ready for training camp is a very, very different thing. And so giving the players a finish line is really, really, really important. But the concern here, of course... Is that you're giving them a finish line that is pretty close? I think it's eight weeks away until December 22nd. Eight weeks to before Christmas. Everybody, you got the NBA draft on November 18th. Free agency has been rumored to start on December 1st. Probably going to have to bump that up to Thanksgiving. Which God, if 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 all the writers not would not be happy if Thanksgiving was the opening of free agency and everyone had to be on their phones during during the holiday. The bottom line is this. There is not going to be a lot of time for players to prepare and players to get ready for the upcoming season, uh, and this is going to have massive ramifications. As much as the NBA does, and, and again, I don't think the end, I don't think the players are going to walk into this blind. They came up with the bubble idea and came up with the protocols for the bubble idea and how long they wanted to be in the bubble before games actually started happening, because they were they said to, they said to the owner to the board of governors, look, if you want to do this, if we're going to start from zero and ramp up to fifty. You know, we can't just start with the playoffs. We need some ramp-up time with some games to get ourselves ready. And we need time before that to get ourselves ready if we're not going to be allowed to play contact uh, in our home gyms. All this stuff is just building and building and building and building and building. The, the the Board of Governors agreed. They listened to those concerns. And they put out a plan that, by and large, enabled players to be ready to play. Um, you know, again, there were some injuries in the bubble that were concerning. Jonathan Isaacs among them. But largely, I think— the bubble, you know, went off as planned without any hedges. um from, from a player health standpoint. Um, you know, I, I don't think that there are any issues as, as far as getting ready to play and ramping up to play. Now, you know, certainly you could say that there were some players that just weren't in the physical condition they needed to be. You know, it took Markel Foltz a long time to get himself acclimated to the bubble. It took Evan, Evan Fortney never really acclimated to the bubble because of, of the illness he suffered and his inability to practice for a long time. You know, you removed Terrence Ross from the bubble for a couple days, and and he fell off complete. He fell off a lot, uh, and didn't really come into rhythm until maybe game two or three of the playoffs. Um, there there were there are things you couldn't control there, and so I, I'm sure if the players say, you know, if we're doing December 22nd, that means everyone needs to be settled and ready for training camp by December 14th or December not December 14th. That's too soon. Um, but by December 1st, which means free agency has to be pushed up and and, and all that. It's not a lot of time. Um, This this season is going to sneak up on us really, really quickly. And the draft is already sneaking up on us really, really quickly on November 18th. This is all to say again that there are going to be major ramifications to something like this. And we're going to talk about those major ramifications, especially when it comes to the Orlando Magic and how they plan this offseason, coming up here in just a moment. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Built Bar. You've probably heard me talk about Built Bar a ton on this podcast. It's because they sponsor this podcast and I have, ad, I have copy in front of me that I'm, I'm required to read because of, the, because of the money they paid us. But that's neither here nor there because I would not be going this far off script. I would not be go- breaking this fourth wall if this wasn't a product that I absolutely believed in, that this wasn't a product that I absolutely enjoy. And frankly, if I hadn't heard about this product through the Lockdown Podcast Network, I probably never would have heard about it and been so excited to tell you about it. I mean, this is all genuine, I hope. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. It's genuine. Trust me. Um, Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I am not kidding about this. You could, you could go out and try protein bars from everywhere else that they, they claim they're like cookies and cream or some, some nice, warm, fuzzy flavor, and it just doesn't taste right. It doesn't quite taste the way that you expect it to taste if it says that on the box. Or it might be too granola-y, or too chalky, or too, well, maybe not chalky, but too too crunchy. You know, too just it 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 doesn't taste right. It's been hard to find a protein bar that tastes good and meets the calorie needs that you need. Most of these protein bars on the market are meal replacement bars. You look at the you look at the box that says oh 150 calories. There's two servings per bar. That's not good. You don't want that. If you want the quick protein boost that you need from a from an energy bar, from a protein bar. Built Bar is the way to go. Comes in 18 amazing flavors, including cookies and cream, carrot cake, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, orange, orange, double chocolate, and a whole lot more. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They really are. Built Bar is for the great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for keto diets. I don't think there's a single one. That's more than 200 calories. Most of them are under 150 calories for a bar. This is the perfect supplement for your workout, the perfect supplement uh, for for your lunch, and the best energy boost that you can have in the middle of the day. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com.
2: No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live.
1: So, what does a December restart mean for the Orlando Magic? What does this whole plan mean for a a team that feels like it's in transition? This is going to get to some very, like, philosophical questions about the Magic and and what they want to be in 2021. And I think, you know, I've gotten into a lot of debates and arguments with fans um, online. And, And again, I always say this and I try to make sure I tell people this when we get into these heated arguments most fans I talk to are asking the right questions and coming to sound conclusions they may not be conclusions that I come to or agree with but they are not wrong a lot of the a lot of those debates and discussions though comes down to one simple question that that the magic are asking themselves and frankly only Jeff weltman can answer about what he wants this team to be in 2021 and it's simply this what are your goals for 2021 what what are the baseline goals for this team? You might recall, for the 2020 season, I consistently said, and I continue to tell, tell people this, I consistently said the goal for the 2020 season was to prove that the 2019 season wasn't a fluke, to return to the playoffs, to establish this franchise as a playoff team. And again, I don't think the Magic had a successful 2020 season. I think that they fell short of a lot of their bigger goals out there But their baseline goal, they achieved. They were a playoff team. And to those who say, oh, well, they made the playoffs at 33 and 40, they made the playoffs by seven games. They made it comfortably. They are one of the eight best teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, And frankly, if the season didn't go on hiatus, they would have passed Brooklyn and they would have been sevens. They probably would have gotten to 39 or 40 wins. And frankly, uh, 38 or 39 wins is, is where I had them. And frankly, considering all the injuries the Magic faced this season, 38-39 38-39 to 39 wins would have been considered uh, at, at, at least a break-even in my book. Um, I, I think the injuries really did hurt this team in a significant way. Now, they did take a step forward, and all these questions that we're asking this offseason certainly would be there. But with the Jonathan Isaac injury, with everything else that's gone on, there is certainly argument to say, well, the Magic should spend this season reshuffling their deck. They should spend this season clearing the table. They should spend this season positioning themselves for the future. And I agree completely with that. I believe that the Magic need to spend this offseason and, and the moves that they and every move they make making this team look like the team they ultimately want it to be. They should not stand still. They should be aggressive. They should be assertive, going after the players, the skills, the, the people that they want. And putting their play putting players in positions that, where they can succeed, um, players that they care about on the roster in positions to succeed but also to continue growing and expanding their role, giving them a little bit of birth. That's certainly on the table. Now, how you go about doing that is certainly the bigger question. And to me, and this is where I think I disagree with a lot of Magic fans perhaps, to me, the path is still go for the playoffs. This is still a playoff team. Don't completely gut your team just for the sake of gutting it. um, And still put yourself in a position to make the playoffs. This team went through hell for five years um, under Rob Hennigan, couldn't couldn't gain any traction despite all the talent they have. And yes, maybe this Magic team, the one that we're currently watching, doesn't have the same talent as those teams, but they have a base to build off of. They have some success that they can continue growing and building off of. The question is, how do you get out of the 7-8 ringer, which is certainly a huge question that this team faces and one they have to be working toward toward, uh, achieving. To me, though, the, the, the answer is not necessarily to step back or to, 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 gu- to throw you know, everything away, to just trade guys who trade guys. As, as I continually say, the Magic need purpose. The Magic need to trade with purpose. Whoever they acquire needs to be someone that fits the bigger picture in some way. You don't just trade Nikola Vucevic because, oh, well, we're, we're, we're trying to lose this season or we're trying to tank. Tanking doesn't work. You don't trade Nikola Vucevic unless you're trading him for something you want and you believe Mo Bamba is ready to start at center. I'm not there yet, and so I, don't, I, I think it would take a lot for the Magic to give up Vucevic. Now, I've, I've seen some suggestions, maybe the Magic use their MLE on, on, a, on a free agent at center, which you know certainly is, is, could be part of the plans too. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to th- completely throw that out with the bathwater. But again, what you get matters more than anything else. You're not just trading Vucevic because, well, we need to transition, let's trade him now. No. You trade him to get something of value. That's that's my big key. That's the big point I consistently harp on. And you can see there's a lot of big questions. So, if my assumption is correct, and the Magic's goal is to make the playoffs again in 2021, which I think it should be, I think that should be the baseline goal of any franchises to believe you're a playoff team. And, and this team has made the playoffs the last two years. There's, there's other teams beneath them that are certainly hungry to take their spot. But until they can prove otherwise, this is our this is the Magic spot and you're going to have to take it from their cold dead hands. So with that being thought of, I do think that the schedule now will play a little bit of a role in what the magic decide to do. Steve Clifford before the after the 2019 season really credited the mini camps that the team had before the season began as instrumental in Orlando's push for the playoffs. He believes everyone came into camp with the right attitude. They really took to learning what he was trying to teach them. And slowly, 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 they built up and everything clicked at the right moment and all the button, right buttons got pushed and everything zoomed ahead. He really credited that those, those preseason camps as vital to the team's success. You could certainly argue that perhaps not having Evan Forney, Nikola Vucevic, and Alfred Kamidu, and Ken Birch, and some of the guys that were playing in the FIBA World Cup... Put a damper on some of those preseason camps um, that the Magic had before the 2021 se- to 2020 season. Um, injuries, I think, played a major role throughout training camp. Uh, Steve Clifford said uh, publicly that they did not have the camp that they were hoping for. I think there was a little bit of malaise, or not malaise, but there was a little bit of you know we know what we're doing type thing. We can get back to the playoffs. You know, just kind of rolling out of bed and 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 success is linear. Um, you know, I, I do think that that was a lesson the mag- that these young Magic players had to learn, that, that even making the playoffs again is not easy. Um, and it wasn't easy. The Magic had to fight to get back into the playoffs, even though they, they made it so comfortably. Um, you know, I think they understood the struggle that they had this season, and, and I'm curi- I am personally curious to see how some of these players grow off of that struggle, and, and we'll see if they get the chance to. But this rush schedule, this rush return to, to games, means that that mini camp is gone. Training camp starts potentially. Minicamp starts potentially at you know early December, December tenth, let's say, twelve days before the season begins, and you are not going to have the time to ease into things. I think there is something to say, and, and I know we talked about this a lot last off season. There is something to say that familiarity is going to matter. That familiarity with coach, with processes, with teammates. That stuff is going to be an advantage this coming season. And so if you're the Magic, a team that's in a position where change probably has to happen, that you have some cover to take a step back because of Jonathan Isaac's injury, where you're trying to put... You're trying to put uh, Markel Fultz in a position where he can succeed at a higher level. That That, that this Magic team if they want to make the playoffs, can't afford the dramatic changes that a lot of people expect. And this isn't just a magic issue. I think teams throughout the league are going to be dealing with this issue, with this central question. How much do we change? How much do we adjust and flip our roster over with such a short time before camp, with such a short time to integrate that player into our system? What major trade are we willing to make knowing that it's essentially going to be a trade deadline situation where a guy is just kind of dropping in and learning stuff on the fly? I think this is a real question. I think this is a real question that a lot of franchises are going to be asking themselves as they enter this trade market, as they enter this offseason, and deciding what they're going to do. I think pretty much any player with an opt-out is going to opt-in. I think that's, that's just a no-brainer. And I think there's real questions now about how teams move forward and how teams look ahead in this environment. It's a real question. Now, I do think that that question, while relevant, is a secondary concern. The Magic have bigger questions to answer. They have bigger questions to ask. They have bigger questions to resolve. And they do need to resolve them. There's no getting around this. There's no changing this. They do need to resolve these questions. And they shouldn't let the structure of this coming season change that. Not completely, anyway. If there's a deal that makes sense, that puts themselves in a better position for their future, that you know improves the bigger picture... They need to do it, period. Because frankly, we all recognize this the 2021 season doesn't really matter. The only things that really matter about the 2021 season, and this is no offense to the players, you know, when we get into the season, we will be in the, in the trenches with them saying, you know, this is what they need to do to accomplish their goals and their short term goals. But here in the offseason, the realistic vision is the 2021 season only really matters to get see what Markel Fultz can do. With a with an offseason to focus only on his basketball and not as, on his injury, to see what Chima Okiki is, to see how much better Mo Bamba can be, and to figure out what what the Magic do with their draft pick. You know, if Aaron Gordon is still on the team, figure out just how good Aaron Gordon is, and figure out what the heck you're going to do with him. Those are the questions that matter in the 2021 season. They're big. They're big picture questions. And so yes, if you're thinking, oh, the Magic should should tank or should play for a uh, a draft pick in a much better draft class. Then you are right. You're 100 right. That's what the Magic should do. So I don't disagree with that with, the, with that notion at all. The bigger question, the bigger picture questions, matter a whole lot, and the Magic are going to have to make moves and evaluate this offseason on that bigger picture. But the way this season is going to be structured is going to put a little less emphasis on that short term. It's going to ha- force teams to focus a little bit on that short term and say, can we accomplish our goals? Can we accomplish being the franchise we want to be with such a short amount of time to integrate everyone that is new? I do think that the shortened off season is going to dull, what might have otherwise been an active trade market. Either that or and especially with a 2021 draft class that is considered to be much better than this, certainly this draft class, either that or we could see more teams essentially tank their 72-game seasons and say, you know what, we'll play the lottery this year rather than go for it. And maybe that's an opportunity for the Magic too. This schedule will have an effect on the offseason. That I can guarantee. We'll talk a little bit about what the structure of that schedule might be and how that could affect the Magic here coming up in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So there are, there are a couple other notes, too, that about the potential for a 70-72 game schedule and the way the NBA is going to structure the schedule, especially in light of the ongoing pandemic here in the United States. Um, as far as what this schedule is going to be like. Uh, and I do think that this, you know, this kind of stuff will also play into how the Magic play in their season. Because I'm not going to lie, I think the Magic schedule is going to be very, very difficult if the plans for how the schedule is going to be structured that I saw um play out. Uh, the report that I saw was the NBA was going to plan to do kind of not pods. Uh, everyone was still going to travel around the around the league, but the idea was teams would kind of. Settle in one location and knock out all their road games for a specific region all in one trip. So let's say in a seventy-two game season, the Magic are scheduled to play the Knicks three times, twice on the road, and the Nets four times, twice on the road. The Magic would go up to New York, play four games against the Knicks and Nets, and knock out all those games at once. Be almost kind of like it'd be almost like a baseball schedule where you travel, you know, stay in one place for a significant amount of time, knock out all those games in series, and then go home. Um, you know, like even then, even like Philadelphia. Let's, play, let's say you play Philadelphia three times. You could end up with like a seven-game road trip where you stay in one spot. And, you know, maybe, I don't know where they would stay, but you'd stay sort of in one spot, knock out all the games within a region, and then head home. To me then, this is a big deal for the Orlando Magic. Because unlike other teams, geography dictates the Magic will travel. In fact, most statistics... Uh, most kind of measurements suggest that the magic usually travel with the, travel the most miles of any team in the league. It's it that the teams that travel the most miles of any team every single year are Orlando, Miami, Portland. And yes, those are the teams that are in the farthest flung regions of the country. Um, you know, Portland usually travels the most because there's no team close to Portland. Orlando at least gets road trips to Miami, which are you know you could literally bust down there in a day if you really wanted to. So to me, this means that most likely, the Magic schedule is going to be extremely lopsidedly loaded. They will have long, maybe one, two-week road trips where they play 10, 11 games. And then they come home and play 10, 11 games at home in a row. To me, this, this, to me what, I, what I'm expecting is that this is how the Magic schedule is going to be framed. Long homestands and long road trips. That's going to make making the playoffs very, very tough. That's going to make a lot of things very, very tough on this team. And again, if the Magic have any intel on what their schedule is going to be before they enter the offseason, before they have to start making some real decisions, that could affect their decision on whether to say, well, we should go for it. We believe we're a playoff team. We should go for it and and kind of maintain the ship a little bit. Or this is going to be really tough. This is a good opportunity for us to kind of reset and, and just take our lumps this season before things get back to normal in 2022. That's honestly those are I, I would imagine those are real discussions that are happening. Um, because the schedule is going to play a factor, I think, in how successful teams like the Magic are. Like the Magic, like, you know, the Magic to me are a playoff team. I I I I I say that unbashedly. They are a playoff team to me. But are they a good enough team that they can rely uh, that 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 you know if one thing tips the wrong way that they're that they're 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 out or that. You know, they're, are they a good enough team where if they have you know a bunch of things go wrong, if they have another injury-filled season like they did last year, this is this could end up being a 20-25 win team again. This could be a team that's in the high lottery. The the Magic are always on that knife's edge, and again, that lowering that margin for error is a big, big thing that the Magic have to figure out how to do. Um, adding some depth, adding some some quality depth to to kind of keep this team afloat when disaster strikes. And does that you know, disaster struck last year, and the Magic were good enough to survive it. Um, but again, most of us would say last season was a disappointment too. I think the schedule is going to play a big role. I, I really do think so. I really think that that this is going to be something that the Magic are going to have to navigate. And and it's going to be odd and unusual and it's going to be very, very tough. Um, you know, I don't want to speculate too much, but if this is the plan, I would I would anticipate that the Magic will have a very odd schedule um, where they're home for long stretches and on the road for long stretches. And I do think that that, that if the Magic know that that's the schedule they're going to face, You know, deciding whether to go in for the playoffs or not is certainly something that will be on the table. And Miami, I think, is going to go through the same thing. I wouldn't expect a repeat performance from Miami because they're probably going to have to deal with the same kind of schedule structure, where they're on the road for long stretches of time. And I don't care who you are, that's draining. And you know, every you know, honestly, you know, whenever teams come home for a long homestand after a long road trip, that first home game is essentially a road game too. So, so you don't get that back. Um, and And I do think that that will make things very, very difficult for these teams uh, on the kind of corners of the map. And this is just geography. There's nothing you can do about it. Just something to keep in mind, just something to look for. Look for um, The schedule structure, I think, is going to matter with how the Magic plan their offseason. And I think the Magic, if I, if I were Jeff Waltman, I would be very, very involved and, and very understanding of what the schedule means for this team moving forward. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places on the podcast to your podcast. Enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be back again tomorrow on Orlando Magic, on Locked on Magic. We'll talk a little bit, I think, about the draft a little bit more. I've got a series on orlandomagicdaily.com right now examining value. We'll talk about that um, throughout the course of the week. I do have a guest plan for later in the week too. So lots going on here on Locked On Magic as we're gearing up for the NBA draft and gearing up for the beginning of the 2021 offseason, the 2020 offseason for the 2021 season. But until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. We'll see you all again for another episode of Locked On Magic.